everybody, welcome to another Three Geeks Podcast live edition. We are here in Columbus, Ohio, some of us in Jersey, having a great time talking about Batman Death and the Family. But if you want to hear about details for that, check out Animaniacs coming out on Wednesday. Yeah, I like that promotion. Sorry, yeah, we guys are doing more great. of that. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Lots of awesome interviews coming out. We recently interviewed Joe Alves, the guy responsible for creating Bruce the Shark, and his fascinating story about the decline of the franchise as a whole. Because, yeah, he talks about how Jaws 3 was a mess, because that's the one that he was finally allowed to direct, and that he <laughs> he wanted he wanted Oops. nothing to do with 4. Because I guess he, 3 had a lot of studio interference and so on and so forth. So, Oh, but 4 has Michael Caine in it. Michael Caine. It did buy Michael Caine's house. But yeah, that interview yes. will also yes. be coming out this week. There's been lots of fun stuff. Justin and I have been hitting that interview grind pretty hard the last mm-hmm. few weeks. I like Michael Caine. I would really <laughs> encourage folks if they're interested in like the engineering, the, the stage creation aspects of Hollywood to really check out that uh, Joe Alves interview. It was a lot of fun. Justin and I are very guilty after every interview. We're like, I think that was the best one we've done yet. <laughs> Justin and I really get into it because, yeah, everyone's better than the next. We're both getting more into the groove of interviewing, which is something that was never really a strong suit of mine, but I feel like we're doing, we got a pretty good thing going on. Like I said, Animaniacs comes out this week. Everything from the Three Geeks podcast comes out. Uh, last week, we dropped the episode where we met the con guys and Claire, who was the purple Power Ranger in Dino Charge, who will be coming on a later episode of this podcast. All right, well, she, she is cool. She's super cool, but then like her, her internet sucked, so uh, she kept dropping out, so that kind of sucked, but uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yep. And anyway, I want to start off today's podcast, or as I'm trying to share on Facebook, I do want to touch on a sad thing that at least I consider to be very sad, and that is Michael J. Fox has officially announced he's done with acting. His health is not in super good spirits, and I just think that's so unfortunate. One, Michael J. Fox's film career, in my opinion, was cut way short than it ever should have been in the late 90s after he did Frighteners, I think was his last motion picture. Yeah, you can see it starting. Yeah, yeah I think and, so. But some of the TV he wor- work he did since then, he was on Boston Legal uh, as a man dying, of course, which is, again, unfortunate. But I, I like <laughs> yeah. how he embraced his Parkinson's, and you really get to see the sense of humor he was allowed to bring to what's going on with him. If you watch Curb Season 8, Michael J. Fox plays a character, and... They have some fun back and forth with Larry David where, uh, you know, he shakes up Larry's Coke and Larry doesn't know if it's because he's mad at him in that particular moment because he is mad at him in that particular moment. But Michael J. Fox says it's the Parkinson's and he's like, I don't think it's the Parkinson's. I think he's using it. It's really funny comedy that Michael J. Fox does based on the Parkinson's. But Michael J. Fox is one of those rare actors that and Max mentioned Van Damme to me. No, there are Van Damme movies I can't watch. <laughs> but any, any yeah. Michael J. Fox, uh, the the Quest, the Legionnaire, um, <laughs> anything with Michael J. Fox in it, whether it's you know Oscar worthy or not, I find entertainment and watching him perform. And I'm right now going through Family Ties, and I just think the man is great. Uh, no, Michael J. Fox is you know he's a lot of fun. I. I He's not like an Oscar-winning actor, but you know, like, yeah, you, you don't hate any movies, and you like, I never would be like, oh man, Michael J. Fox, like, you know, like the Frighteners. I'm not putting that up with fucking There Will Be Blood or some shit, but like, you know, like it's 
but it's always like a, a good time and and yeah it, it sucks you know his health is, is taking the turn for the worse so i mean he's just doing what he can um yeah i really enjoy like the, the stuff on curb your enthusiasm uh, like that is the best thing <laughs> it's like is he is he using his he like yeah like, like <laughs> just trying to gain sympathy with this thing and yeah yada, yada. so like no it was it was really funny on that um yeah, it definitely sucks, and you know, like best of luck to him, and I hope he can, you know, just get better and, and, and keep it, you know, do the happy living stuff. Yeah, we wish you the best, Michael. Uh, um, Mike, you got anything to add? Um, I would disagree, Max. I'd say in any other reality, his performance as Marty McFly would have at least gotten him some kind of nod towards Oscars, if not Golden Gloves, because he does, he did really play like teenager out of his element very well in those movies so i, go I, can, I can see that for i sure. go golden globe yeah <laughs> uh but no it, it's you know he, he left behind a very much uh a storied career not just back to the future spin city uh doc holiday in you know, oh doc hollywood sorry not doc, doc hollywood, hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um teen wolf uh, oh, you know, oh, yeah. Teen Wolf, and that was awesome. And of course, mm. I, I actually liked him a lot in the Frighteners because he was playing against type quite a bit because he was this bitter, like, you know, miserable dude, and with good reason <laughs> to be bitter and miserable in there. But yeah, like, absolutely. You know, if he's got, if he's got to take, and he also said too, he's like, well, I don't know if this will be indefinite or not, possibly, but you never know because it's like you got to do what you got to do for your quality of life, you know. And at mm. this point. You know, if he if he just needs to be, you know, more comfortable, I'd say he's more than earned the opportunity to live comfortably and not have to worry about, you know, being able to carry out on acting obligations and so forth without his condition kind of being exacerbated. So absolutely wish you all the best. Thank you for a legacy of work, Michael J. Fox. If you decide at some point to come back to it, sure. But you know what? You don't owe us anything, man. You've given us so much great stuff, and we want nothing but the best for you. So live well. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to take a page from rapper Joyner Lucas, who um, recently released a song about Will Smith. And he's like, you need to honor the people you look up to now while they're still with us and not after. So that's why I wanted to take a moment to talk about Michael J. Fox on this podcast today because he's still with us. So I want to be able to honor, you know, and we know that he's a uh, listener, so um, it's yeah, you know, Michael. We're here. We're here with you, Max. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> anymore with anything. Like all this awesome. Oh my god! All this awesome stuff is raining on our podcast right now. So if, if, if Michael David Fox listens to our podcast, I apologize profusely. <laughs> it's okay. He, he he may not listen, but Billy Zane definitely does. We know. Oh, of course. <laughs> I got one Billy's more thing to say. Watching Family Ties, that is a show I don't that should be out today that's not because Family Ties is really good because um, Michael J. Fox plays the Republican son of a very liberal family. So when they have like political discussions, they do it very, very well in the context of the show. And I think that's something that we're missing in this country, like the communication <laughs> factor. Like I'm watching this, I'm like See, this is how it used to be. This is how I remember debating with my friends about politics. Like, this, you, you're still family at the end, and you can agree and also, disagree and learn. Keep in mind, though, it was a different time, too. That was Republican yeah. liberal classic. That wasn't like whatever we got today. <laughs> yeah. So, it would be very different today, probably. Yeah. Now we got freaking politics, like 
with wings from Red Bull. Like it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's not the same uh, ground. But I mean, like that would be good though if they could. You know, I think the, the idea is kind of do it a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, to, to to have something you know where it's like okay, like we can argue, we can have these serious yeah. disagreements and, and things, but still, you know, like hey, you know, like I'm not. We're all still the same team, right? That's really yeah. the important thing. Yeah, Everybody's that, trying I, to get America better. It's good, definitely. The practice I, yeah. of it. Yeah. That's, I forgot that Connors does, does handle sure. the politics very well in their show. Bit. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think... You know, I know you think it's a little more depressing than... Yeah, the show is fucking depressing. <laughs> 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 I can't do it. But, I mean, uh, you do see the joy in John Goodman's eyes every time he's on screen, right? Uh, well, because he gets John to be Goodman on screen. can be all wrong. No, because John Goodman John gets Good. to work. <laughs> that's but, that's uh, why he's joyful, because he gets to work. So, <laughs> But some good news happened this week. Uh, well, first, Dan, Justin, you guys have anything to say about Michael J. Fox? I just, nah. just reiterate what you said, right? Get, get well. I loved everything you've done so far. Um, and get healthy, right? That's all. But um, some good news in the I world. Mean, you, can't, you can't let people go after Mike. It's true. You can't do yeah, it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I agree. Okay. Totally. Agree. I'm working on mine. I'm working on my tribute. No, I mean, like, I'm, not, I'm not knocking us. I like. I just like Mike is so. Good Mike does it so like, good. Yeah. It's a, we don't do a bad. Mike does it good. It is in my uh, will that if I die before Mike, that he has to do the eulogy at my funeral. Yeah, I mean, and if I, I die after Mike, Mike's hologram has to do the eulogy at my funeral. What if Mike kills you? Like, hey guys, I did it. But that, that just, that just make for a very things. awkward eulogy. That's all. Yeah. yeah after, after Mike's eulogy, then then they'll just call me and Justin up. Actually, though, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Mike's dead corpse could do a, a solid eulogy. I I, I don't want to find out. I would love like he or she to whom it may concern, and you just go into the same eulogy every time. And just, <laughs> hey guys, guys, 2020 still young, so you never know. Oh, oh man, oh man. This is also why you need to follow me up because I can get really dark too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to say we did get some good news uh, from DC. No, it's not Warner Batman Death in the Family. It is the fact that they are releasing Wonder Woman 1984 to digital platforms through HBO Max, and they are not going to charge you for it. So, it's going to come out in theaters and on HBO Max on the same day. If you want to see it in theaters, you have that right, which I might go see it in theaters because I like that experience. But you can also, without having to pay an extra 30 bucks, watch Wonder Woman. And I think that's brilliant marketing. Yeah, I, I, I've been watching yeah. this. I, uh, Oddly I, enough, I, this wait, go ahead. this happened after they, they canned all, all the marketing division. But, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing this because fuck you, Disney. Fuck you and your Mulan bullshit, Disney. Um, <laughs> I, I just love the bitterness Max has towards something. Oh, yeah. We all knew it was going to be bad, and he's like, I'm yeah. buying it anyway because Mulan this is This is great. <laughs> I, mean, I had to. I couldn't. I know. I could not. I but whatever. Whatever. I just okay. like to I view mean, Max has that one sliver of, like, you know, shit that happens to me. Like, like, like JT a, a couple days ago was was crying about all, all the – the you know the comic book TV shows going away. It's like you know I I just had Constantine and it ran for like half a year. So yeah. fuck you. 
Well, uh, going back uh, to what he was saying, you got to appreciate it while it's there. You got to honor it while it's there. Yeah. How many? How many of the live-action Disney movies did you watch, Dan? Me? I watched Aladdin, and I, like I watched Aladdin. part of the Lion King. Okay. How much? How much did you pay for those? Uh, well, I I do have uh, Disney Plus, so the Lion King, uh, maybe like a couple bucks. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm allowed to be pissed. Okay. No, oh no, no I'm, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to be pissed. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, we all knew it was gonna suck, but you, for some strange reason. Oh, I think <laughs> he knew. I think he knew. I think just, just he, he lives for the wanted it to be good. Yeah. It's not that I didn't yeah. know it was gonna suck. I wanted it to be good, and I'm like, hey, Disney, they've got Max. all the money. They can make something good. They've Max, done it before. Uh, let's be honest. You kind of knew. Like, it was more of a eighty twenty ratio yeah. that yeah. you knew it was gonna. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, the $30 price tag. But I had to see the movie. That's ridiculous. I'm just glad that uh, Warner Brothers isn't doing it. And Dead Zio, I don't understand your comment fully, but Black Thomas Prime supports Anakin Skywalker. Boo what? that man. I Anakin. think Max is the one person that absolutely does not support Anakin Skywalker. Where's this coming from? I was looking. Wait, I don't know. Here, it's a bot. It's a bot. <laughs> I was looking at the background. You can chain together Anakin-ish. a bunch of nerd shit. Uh, no, no, don't support Anakin Skywalker. No, this is not at all. <laughs> He's not the no, man. Like, you know, it, it's, it's like you think Luke is a whiny little bitch until you meet his father. He's come along quite a long way. What's up, pets are weird. How are you doing today? All right. So, um, do you guys think that Disney will? Do something to counter Wonder Woman coming out and release something free on Disney Plus. Do you think we're going to get Black Widow? <laughs> no, probably not. Because no, no. they're, they're Disney, Disney and they own all the IP, yeah. so they're like, we can hold off on the Marvel stuff because we got Marvel shows coming out, so that'll well, tie them over. The reason I asked that question is because um, WandaVision was supposed to come out in December, and now it's coming out in January, which well, opens December up for a release if they decide to release Black Widow. Well, no, you don't get. They're they're they are releasing something in December. They're releasing Mulan onto the regular Disney Plus service oh in December. Oh my god! So everyone who didn't pay the thirty bucks for it, the joy in my heart right now is palpable. You know what I'm? <laughs> 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 you just wait until we do a monthly poll, Justin. <laughs> Man, you should hear all the stuff Justin says about you on the interviews, Max. Yeah, I That's bet. true. Yeah. I just consistently yeah. bash you. It's a good five <laughs> minutes. He's like, can you imagine if Max was here for this interview? He'd be complaining about this movie. Yeah. Doesn't matter who it is either. It does like, not hey, matter who it is. This guy named Max. <laughs> let, let me tell you. <laughs> but no, seriously, right now, in terms of the streaming stuff, Disney's the one that is putting out the most dependable, let's say, original, like, TV stuff that people will definitely just keep coming back for, in which case they can postpone their theatrical releases indefinitely. Like, you know, with Warner Brothers, all they got really is uh, the HBO Max platform in terms of releases, like you said, with Wonder Woman. And I'm glad they are taking that route with the the movie because, you know what, that one definitely has been put off too long. And it's just like, just release it. And yeah, I think um, I'm blanking on the name, but I think the director and Gal Gadot are a big reason it's coming out on streaming. I think they uh, pushed Patty for Jenkins. It. Patty, Patty Jenkins. Jenkins. I think they pushed for it as a thank you, is what they said to their fans for supporting them, which is cool. 
And yeah. definitely it's a good move because if anything, that's the incentive to bring people onto the HBO Max platform because that's the one that's really kind of struggling in terms of pulling in subscribers. So sure, that that will tantalize some people to want to finally get an HBO Max subscription probably. Uh, they're just basically doing what Disney has been doing since last winter, you know. So The one thing about HBO Max, and I'm going to say this again, is they have the best curated classic film selection out of mm-hmm. any of the streaming services. Some Criterion stuff thrown on there. I believe uh, Turner Classic Movies does their curated classic yeah, that's one of their Yeah, that's yeah. one of their bran- branching off, you know, subcategories. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a film fan and you're looking for classics, HBO Max is the one to go for. Because Criterion is a bit expensive, but HBO Max is a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. You can get some of the same stuff, get some of the newer stuff. It's a nice amalgamation of everything. I rewatched the uh, F is for Fake documentary about uh, Orson Welles and how he's just like, it's a movie within a movie within a movie. And I'm like, I forgot how trippy this was. And he's just showing off how hot (laughs) his girlfriend is now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Orson Welles. Getting drunk, doing, <laughs> doing champagne commercials. <laughs> no, yeah, my high girlfriend. I mean, at this point, it's like HBO Max <laughs> definitely needs HBO Max definitely needs some really like rousing type of uh, features to really pull in new people. And I think this and yeah, whatever you may think of it, the Snyder Justice League will definitely be big feathers in their cap for pulling in people interested in subscribing. And it's another yeah. free thing they're releasing. I mean, the Snyder Cut isn't going to cost anybody money except for their normal membership. Except for yeah. fucking Warner Brothers. <laughs> cost yeah. them a shit ton of money. Yeah. Uh, like 30, 30 or 40 million is what they're putting in the reshoots. <laughs> yeah. What a bunch of dumb assholes. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited to see it. We haven't seen at, it yet. At this point, it's like, yeah, at this point, it's just like the people who really, really wanted this for some reason. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's what you. We're expecting, you know. Whatever. I hope you get my Mulan experience. Fuck you all. Nobody's gonna get your Mulan experience. <laughs> no yeah. Mulan experience Except you Except why it for free, Max. I remember when I I got Aladdin. I had I Aladdin is my favorite Disney animated movie. So when I went into the live action, my expectations were extremely low, and it delivered on my expectations. I liked. I ended up enjoying. Had fun with it. And I would watch it again. I think Max went into Mulan with higher expectations than maybe he realized. No, they were like, <laughs> like, it was, like it was it was gonna be fucking Redcliffe, and it wasn't. It, it was just 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 Mulan. <laughs> I mean, like because like there are there are Chinese companies you can hire that have made historical Chinese movies. They've been making historical. Oh yeah, yeah. Watchable for years, like twenty years that <laughs> they've it- existed. But so, Disney Max. <laughs> yes, but like but Disney just absorbs. I thought it was just gonna absorb one of those things and, and make the movie like that's what no. they do, right? Like Max no, Max no. sat down and was like, watch guys, we're gonna be saying crouching dragon hidden crouching tiger hidden dragon who? It's gonna be all about Mulan yeah, after yeah, this. I mean, no, Mulan no. is gonna win every award. And then they're like, there's no dragon, but then they animate this fucking Phoenix into 30 minutes of the movie. I'm like, why didn't you make a dragon? It's Disney, Max. And Disney was like, you know who can best tell this story of Chinese folklore accurately? Four white people. So. Yes. Yes. Because they know. And a they whole know. bunch of Korean animators. Yep. <laughs> so. don't, don't hire Chinese people to make a Chinese movie. That would be stupid. But Phoenix would be super sweet. 
I mean, you know, that, that's that's their bread and butter. It's like you want to tell this tale of the African plains? Get John Favreau, the guy who made Iron Man. You want this new Aladdin? <laughs> Don't don't hire anyone out of Bollywood or anything like that. Get Guy Ritchie because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. What do you expect yeah, from Disney okay. at this point? <laughs> it's... Uh, it's I saw Snatch. Aladdin's gonna be great. <laughs> you know what? I I freaking, I went I went into work and I saw the Mulan D, uh, Blu-ray on sale and I just wanted to break things. I was like, what? <laughs> For half the price, I, I watched it on streaming. I could have bought this fucking Blu-ray. And then yeah, I at least broke had it. the satisfaction of snapping it in half when I was done. <laughs> well, it, it's it's paid back for us in a whole lot of enjoyment on at your expense, Max. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're Disney Plus, <laughs> let's get into something a little happier, which is a review of episodes three and four. Uh, so, of, Max? Of episodes the Mandalorian. Well, you have to say there that. we go. <laughs> Sorry. No, you did not. <laughs> Episodes three and four of whatever show you guys want to do. Yes. <laughs> always Disney Plus review. Episodes three and four. Have you right? guys watched Breaking Bad yet? <laughs> well, no, I thought it was going to be episodes three and four of uh, Family Ties or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Matt Lyon. I would love to do really... that, but I'm on season, episode, season four, and I don't remember episodes two and three specifically. <laughs> that show is the epitome of 20 minutes, and it resets into something completely new. So, yeah. But no, The Mandalorian episodes three and four. Max, kick it off. Uh, I'm digging The Mandalorian. It is it is the same flavor as season one. I'm having a lot of fun. Episode four, I think, is one of the, the better episodes they've had. Um, there's a lot of like you know because the episodes like you know they don't really one doesn't really mean anything to the next, but uh, you know it's still kind of strong along. Uh, so like this one has a lot of like plot development, and you see like you know things going on that are going to have consequences later. So I really liked episode four. Uh, episode three was good. You know, it was just like another episode. Um, but uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think you learned stuff in episode three, though. Yeah, I think episode cause... four shows that episode three is more involved in the overarc. <laughs> but no, if you watch episode three by itself, it seems very standalone until you get to four and you realize that some of these things are going to start to connect. And, and I mean, like, but they have been. Uh, uh, spoilers, okay. Friggin spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 name drop Ahsoka Tano, and she is. Yeah. I fucking hate that character. So it's oh. like I'm not excited about this. As, oh. as soon as they did that, I was like, "That's cool." And Max is gonna hate that. Yes, <laughs> I, I hate that character so fucking much. Um, like, <laughs> but like, uh, so yeah, that, I'm not happy about that, but. Uh, you know, it is cool. They're like tying in other stuff, and, and and I know a lot of people love Ahsoka Tano, so everyone should be fucking happy about that. And then, uh, yeah, like that's fine. But Except I like for Max. <laughs> well, anybody yeah, that saw, doesn't get happiness. Anybody saw anybody that saw Dave Filoni's involvement in the Mandalorian and didn't think Ahsoka Tano was coming, their heads were in the sand because he loves that character because that's his. That was the thing that George let him create yeah. in the original Clone well, Wars an animated. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm, I'm, I'm being a dick. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I just don't like. I, I mean, like the character did improve like later on, um, and I know she shows back up in in, in Rebels, at which I, I could not watch because it was pretty pretty awful. But 
yeah, so, you know, she's coming back. That's kind of cool. I mean, I'm interested to see if they start doing Jedi shit. Like, I liked, I liked episode four because, like, you see <laughs> Baby Yoda, you know, like, he's trying to have him fix the, the ship. And, like, you see him, like, actually starting to grow as a, as, as he's not just, like, doing, not just eating frog eggs and being cute. Like, that's, you know, like, it's good to see some sort of development there, too. So. But did anybody not think Baby Yoda was going to blow himself up? Oh, no, like, he definitely blew himself up. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you see him talking to the thing and the Baby Yoda understands what he's saying. You know, he's like, pick up the red one. This one? Yes, that one. And they're like, now pick up the blue one. This one? Yes, that one. You know, so it's like. Don't put them together. <laughs> put them together. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, that, that's cool. I, I really liked episode four. I thought there was there was a lot of good stuff. I do. I like the the child shtick in episode four, like right? with the cookies yeah. and mm-hmm. um, the eggs. I, I like his shtick in this entire season so far. I think he's been fun. But when are they going to let him progress past a baby? I mean, that, he's yeah, that's fifty years old. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> have, I mean, isn't Yoda? Like, that's a species that's long running. Like, I think childlike. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a hundred years yeah, or something Yoda, like that. Yoda's That's still ways years old. So. Yeah, so like, so at least another ten seasons of baby. Yeah, Yoda, you know? it's yeah, you're gonna <laughs> adolescent Yoda. <laughs> I liked in uh, the the third episode when the other Mandalorians show up and they're like, "Yeah, you're you're this you know goofy religious zealot." Dude, yeah. and he's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like that's that, that's a little more depth to the whole you know Mandalorian uh, concept there, which which, yeah. which I thought was cool. <laughs> and it was good to see Starbuck. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bo Katan is that her name? Okay. No, that's uh, I'm pretty sure her name is Starbuck. Yes, yes, <laughs> her, her 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 name will always be Starbuck, like the actress. <laughs> Yeah, no, the actress is uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, yeah, Katie Sackhoff. The character that Starbuck is playing in this is called Bo Katan, but we all know that her real name secretly is, in Starbuck. Lore is Starbuck. Starbuck. Yeah, yes. I know a bunch of nerds like went crazy when they saw her on screen because they've been wanting her to be in Star Wars since probably Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool, which, but. I didn't really care for Battlestar Galactica that much, so whatever. And we're getting I, I uh, like the first season. Yeah, yeah, it started cool, and then it just like went to shit. <laughs> well, yeah, everything goes to shit, dude. Eh, well, it doesn't have to. Just you watch this. Mandalorian's gonna pull a full Walking Dead on don't, you. Don't, last, don't you last, say that. Don't you say that. Oh, you wish that even let me recommend. Last half of the season is gonna be gonna be the Mandalorian just just flying around going, Carl, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I found a prison. <laughs> Carl. Carl, and then Carl Weathers shows up, and then he takes all his balls and maybe you his head. Who, who, by the way, Carl Weathers directed episode four. Oh, I thought he directed episode three. He might have done both, but oh, okay. his name yeah. definitely flashed for three. I like no, Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard did three. Oh, yeah, remember did. I said yeah. just yeah. following in her dad's footsteps. Yes, true. Yeah. Don't follow too <laughs> close, Bryce, because your dad's quality has dropped off as of late. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, but he had, that, he had the good rise, you know. So. <laughs> He's like the one child actor that didn't like go to crap at the end of his career. Yeah, because he stopped being a child actor. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna direct. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I geek uh three out of three for the last two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah. The show's quality. I like that a lot of the episodes are standalone, and I like that we I'm a fan of serialized television, but sometimes it's nice to have a show where you can watch some of the episodes in a 
bottle without having to focus so much on the um, overarching story, which I'm glad we did get a yeah. little bit of it in this episode. But what about Titus uh, Titus Welliver in three as the Imperial officer, the guy from Bosch? Oh, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Like uh, the I, I like that. You know, he's he, like they're like uh, no, I'm more afraid of. Moth yeah. than I am of anything you could possibly do. Like, there's no, I have no fear of you because there's no re like, <laughs> like nothing. I, the worst has already happened, so there's nothing you could do to me that's worse than what's going to happen to me. Um, and time to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I dug that, and oh yeah, he's good. Like, uh, it was like, he, that guy. I like that guy as an actor. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, so yeah. uh, except for Bosch, which is weird. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you give it three out of three. Oh yeah, no. I mean, like they've they've yet to make an, an ep- like an unwatchable episode of The Mandalorian or or something where I could just like take a dump on. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> good solid stuff. Dan, just wait for the Walking Dead episodes. Apparently, Max. <laughs> why, why do we have to put that out in the universe? Now it's going to ha- it's twenty twenty. You guys, it's, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Don't the, Mando. The, wa- the Walking Dead. Marathon, I'm gonna start crying. It's gonna be. <laughs> look, I, look I, for the one stormtrooper rubbing his head a lot. That'll be. A- yeah, yeah. There, there you go. I haven't gone back yet, even though I've been tempted. But the last few seasons of The Walking Dead has been a critical darling. It's been doing really well critically. Apparently, it's back to being watchable TV. I don't care. <laughs> it's a little yeah. late for that one. No, no, but it's it. yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not slogging through another five seasons of shit to watch three good episodes. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Dan. But, uh, what do you get? Yeah, it's it's three out of three. Um, my 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 favorite part of any of this is, is the uh, the the ending like storyboard art things. Those are so cool. Mike, Justin, either one of you guys watch this? I don't have Disney no. Plus, so no. Oh. Correct. Me- message me later, Mike. Yeah, we <laughs> it's all good. I-, I catch up with it all later because honestly, I'm I'm just gonna level with you guys. I don't need to really follow the Mandalorian episode by episode. I it's <gasps> one. Nothing. I I haven't bought into the hype too much. I own like a Baby Yoda shirt because that was a Christmas present from my mom, <laughs> and I'm just like, thank you. And she's like, do you like Baby Yoda? I'm like, not really, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like your shirt. <laughs> I like this shirt because you gave it to me, and I love you. But I mean, who doesn't love a free T-shirt, right? Like, I mean, that's... yeah, it's free T-shirt. <laughs> so, if anything, that's what I'm grateful to the Mandalorian for. Thank you for letting my mom think of a cool T-shirt to give me last Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope she gives you another one this Christmas. Just a yeah, yes. baby Yoda T-shirt. It'll just be more baby Yoda language. stuff. <laughs> I think everybody on the Three Geeks podcast should send Mike individually Mandalorian shirts. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> hey, any fans out there listening that wants to get Mike a shirt, please. Where's his address? Mail box one two four. Yeah, we not joke really. about it now, but just watch. You know, uh, who knows? We might not make it out twenty twenty in one piece, and who knows? Baby Yoda merchandise will be our new like currency in the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fallout. That'd be great. Yes. Oh, a loaf of bread or a uh, or oh, you need some gas? That'll cost you three Baby Yoda shirts, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, Mad Max, just just trading Baby Yoda dolls. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm gonna get like a penthouse. I got two Baby Yoda dolls, <laughs> a T-shirt, and this coin. 
And the joke, joke will be on us. Mike will be the guy milking the women with all of the water because he Why has is he milking all women? The I'm sorry, what? Why are you milking women, Mike? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> That's the guy in Mad Max that owns the world. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Out of anyone in the series you could have compared me to, Immortan fucking Joe. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Bring me uh, your women. Weird. Says Mike doesn't need any more t-shirts. <laughs> oh, he's getting them. Getting all the oh, he's getting them. <laughs> you can't stop us. My pets are weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing now. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, it's uh, baby Yoda. So good. It's so good. Yeah, but if you seriously want to send Mike a Baby Yoda shirt, just message me on Facebook, and I will get you in contact with an address to send it to. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna open up. It's, it's gonna be this like Amazon locker, like like down just down full the of Baby Yoda stuff. Just, just full of fucking yeah. <laughs> well, I just got ten messages on Facebook, so it looks like Mike's getting some shirts. <laughs> <sighs> and this is the last Dude, time Mike's on the podcast. If you want to send back some art or a toy or whatever. Dude, dude, I got to say that the marketing on the first season of Mandalorian, they had like no baby Yoda stuff. No. But no. This season, like uh, Liz was telling us that they had already gotten the baby Yoda with the eggs like the day after yeah. the air date. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like, ready to go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They, yeah, they're not missing one penny on this later like oh you know the toys are there <laughs> the toys are there but in uh more up mike's alley we got the reboot of animaniacs and i'm gonna let mike kick this review off with the first episode mike can go a little past the first episode because he's watched yeah. uh, more of them but um mike kick us off well first of all um it's just a little weird that this is showing up on hulu and not hbo max because it is a warner brothers thing so I'm a little confused as to why that, but whatever. Uh, yeah, they I got that mad Hulu money, bro. Because yeah. the deal, the deal was made before HBO Max the acquisition. I, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense now. But yeah, it's it's funny so far. I think it is a fair enough continuation of the '90s version of the show. Absolutely, there's a lot of meta humor about them having to catch up on the times. Certainly, you know, and they acknowledge that they've been off the air for 22 years, and so. A lot of their stuff is now just about like catching up. There's a whole musical musical number dedicated to catching up on, you know, current events. There's another musical number uh, real connected to the idea of reboots overall, and they acknowledge that, that they're a sellout. The yeah, they're a sellout reboot, which is fine. <laughs> um, everyone's in top form. It's fun to hear these characters again. I always love Rob Paulson and Jess Harnell and uh, Tress McNeil as these characters. So, absolutely. Um, it's the animation. It takes a little getting used to just because I'm used to that cell animation that was, you know, the pinnacle of animation for the 90s uh, during that time. So it's a little weird getting used to the Animaniacs being this polished looking. <laughs> and some of the characters designs are very much exaggerated when it comes to like the humans, but that's perfectly fine. That's well with on brand. If anything... And I've watched like the first six episodes. I did kind of a big binge this morning. The one segment that surprisingly I feel isn't the strongest is the pinky in the brain stuff. It still works. It's still fine. Um, 
but for some reason, I don't know. The pinky and the brain stuff just doesn't seem as tight or as solid as the irreverent zaniness of the Warner Brothers and Warner Sister bits. I think that's always the risk you run, right? When you have something yeah. that's been so historically favored, right? With the, the phantom and things, it, you kind of run into a train when you try to recreate it, right? There's a magic to the old stuff, right? That you probably don't get. When you... With the pinky and the brain thing, one thing got me is where, like, the brain, like, he reveals his, his 22-year plan to, to take over the world and get everyone hooked on the internet. And Pinky's like, oh, yeah, I spent this 22 years in therapy, and I found out that this is a bad <laughs> relationship we have, and you're abusive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Brain's like, shut up. And like, he's like, I deserve like, that. Gotcha. I deserve that. Yeah. No, that like, works. Holy shit. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> more so, more so as the show progresses, like the Pinky and the Brain segments. Uh, I don't know. They they jump around. Like they go from the lab to medieval times, and then they're in. Then there's then there's an episode dedicated to them. I guess being Joe McCarthy in the fifties, and then <laughs> they meet they meet Edward Snowden in one episode and help him rescue like his plant from NSA. Um, so like, I don't, like I get it. Like I, I, the concepts are out there still and bizarre and, you know, Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson have great chemistry together. I just, out of the setup of the show, the way it is now, like I prefer the Yakko Wacko dot stuff compared to Pinky and the brain. Yeah. yeah I uh, Cause. Dis- oh yeah. Go ahead. Jay. I said, I don't disagree. Well, I get this isn't really necessarily a negative, so don't take it this way. But I thought the episode, the opening to the episode, really like just punched you with laughter. Mild spoiler alert: it opens up to like a Jurassic Park sequence. That was so good. Where they bring all the Jurassic Park characters in, and Steven Spielberg is the Jack Hammond character, and he's like, "I just recreated," and then it ends up being Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. That was so funny, so over the top that I don't think the rest of the episode ever reaches that peak again. But that doesn't take away from the show because I thought the show was really, really strong. It's funny. It's everything I remembered about Animaniacs. But that that opening sequence is something special. I can't wait to revisit that opening. I'm not going to air it on here. I don't feel like fighting the man today. But (laughs) I just want to say check it out because that that first five minutes really – Packs up punch. Hey, we're gonna have an Katie. Katie says you should have edibles on on hand for when you watch Animaniacs now. So I, mean, I feel like you should just have edibles on hand. I, I, at, yeah, at all times. So. <laughs> you know what this needs? An edible. I will say, uh, as I got into some more episodes, like I do love the meta humor a lot more. So now, like they acknowledge why, or they acknowledge like, hey, what happened to a lot of our supporting cast, like the Good Feathers, or. Um, or uh, the cat and dog singing duo and stuff, which I Rita, personally yeah. really like. Yeah, and then they're like, and then it leads into a really dark <laughs> plot for the for the bit of like what happened to those characters and a reveal I was not expecting. And when it happened, I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like I was I was actually kind of out loud laughing just because I'm like I remember that. Awesome. So <laughs> it is- right, I gotta I gotta check that out because I was I was wondering like is buttons gonna show up. Like I, there's a lot oh, of good, yeah, geez. a lot of good characters in in uh, Animaniacs. So like yeah. Yeah, that, that sucks if we don't get to see them. But. Well, I mean, they, they so far it's yeah, it's Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and Pinky and the Brain, and they're they're the bulk of the shows thus far. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they bring those characters into their own featured segments again, who knows? But they do get one segment to shine. It's like what happened to all these characters, and it get it gets out there. Like, it gets right, dark. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, because yeah, I definitely I, I love buttons. He was one of my favorites. I, I mean, you know, like, it, but it's basically 
uh, just a rehash of an old Looney Tunes cartoon, like with the 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 big dog and the small kitten. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or you know, like Baby's Day Out. It, it's <laughs> um, basically just that over and over again. So I understand, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not being a more popular segment. You know, they're just like we're not paying for that. Believe me, they they lean into like, well, this so and so wasn't really a popular character and everything they talk like, about it they chicken boo i need some chicken boo in my life so i'm hoping i'm yeah. hoping for that <laughs> i did uh, like the uh i'll the stop catch- talking <laughs> i did i did like the catching up song because they did a, they built it into the song that the episode is written two years before it actually shows up so but it's funny because even in that song they, they have people wearing masks in their house mm-hmm. so i mean it's like a covid thing without them knowing that covid was a thing i thought yeah well this this is the drawback of the or not the drawback of the show but something definitely that you'll notice is they'll say like we're writing these jokes in 2018 we have no idea what 2020 when we finally broadcast this is going to be like they they do have an election 2020 bit where it's like yakko straight up says hey our two primary parties aren't fun anymore let's talk about (laughs) these wacky third party candidates (laughs) third party candidates i love that but um, but yeah, there 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 is a Trump joke in the in well, there's a Trump joke in the first episode, but definitely yeah. in the second episode, he's used a lot more. Um, and I to say that that's fine, that's great, it's awesome how they utilize. It's what they did back in the '90s. They made fun of politicians yeah. in the '90s. They sure too, did. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. they sure did. They I, though I, I, there there is one though. There's a Wayne Lapierre bit, <laughs> and yes, it 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 goes places. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I like that but at least you feel like you know they've, they've gotten animaniacs you know like it, it's not like a, you know straight up cash out where they're like okay we threw animaniacs on here right you, well, you well, bought it there you go is they're totally aware of it yeah um so yeah i, I do like that I mean, it, it's a lot of fun um so I, at least i only watched that first episode but i'm still I'm having fun so. three out of three geeks easily for me yeah, I'd rec- Yeah, that's a three for me. I am uh, just throwing that three out of three everywhere today. Yeah, you're, you're really of- happy about it. I mean, yeah. that's great. You're in a good mood. This is great. Maybe a rub off on Max. Justin, I'm always everything is great, mood, except for when I'm not. But I'm hardly ever in a bad mood. <laughs> well, at least not around people. I just stay to myself when I'm in a bad mood. But uh, anyway, DC canceled uh, Black Lightning, which is just another cancellation because uh, Supergirl was canceled earlier this year. Then Black Lightning, The Flash is rumored to get canceled this year. I just, <laughs> I think it goes back to Max's it. stabbing comments in our live episode like four or five weeks ago. Oh yeah, well shows like Doom is run around stabbing people. You're gonna get canceled. Who did I? Who did I? Who did I say I was gonna stab? No, no, no you weren't stabbing. You were saying Black Lightning <laughs> stabbing people on their birthday, right? If I remember right. It yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The joke was uh, John. John was like Black Lightning actor Cress Williams turns however old today, and also Kelsey Grammer's daughter got stabbed, and we were like, "Where's the break in that?" And Jason need cat- yeah. needed catching up, and Max is like, "Okay, here's what happened: Black Lightning stabbed Kelsey Grammer's daughter." <laughs> yes, like... that's hilarious. And now he's canceled. And now everybody's canceled. Yeah, and no wonder you got canceled. Sure, no. I just think, be careful, Fraser. They're coming. I think uh, DC is getting uh, praise from the critics for shows like Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn and the stuff that they've been doing on HBO Max. That they are going to shift more towards that. And and they're like, it's weird because like they're airing Swamp Thing now, or are they Swamp Thing yeah. is airing? Yeah. On the yeah. 
But I think that's a show they really want to push. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying it's it's so awkward. It's like they have all these, you know, like the Flash and Arrow and all this stuff, and then like they play one episode of Swamp Thing and then pull it, and then yeah, 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 exactly. They're canceling everything and they bring Swamp Thing back. Like they they didn't know what to do with the DC Universe app. That was the thing that they had no like organized way of employing their DC Universe app at the time. That they're just like. Oh shit! Everything's just going to move to HBO and Max now. Well, we might as well keep the DC Universe app for comics, which fine. But other than that, there was really no sense or no the logic way, to it. What I see with them doing Swamp Thing again or putting it on the CW is that somebody in Warner Brothers believes in the show, so they're trying to see if they throw it on the air, yeah. if more people will jump on board, so they can continue it possibly. Because peace, Constantine. It got a lot of good. Yeah, really. We didn't talk about Keanu Reeves possibly coming back oh, as Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll get Cause your Constantine. Because that. that's the Constantine you want back, right? Is, I mean, is, is I, the well, Keanu no, Reeves one. You can still think, have that Constantine that was on the show because Legends of Tomorrow apparently is just not going to die. <laughs> so, <sighs> Well, we'll see. I, I think the CW shows to me, and this is my thought personally, is I think, I, with the exception of I thought Batwoman was something a little bit different, but they're all just like watching weekly comic books. There was nothing that would pull me back into a show. Like I liked the flash episodes I saw. I liked the arrow episodes I saw. I liked, but they were all just felt like just background TV. I think Batwoman is the only show I watched a whole season of. Yeah, I mean like And I like Supergirl too, but I just never <coughs> went back to it. Sorry. Nah. Supergirl I never gave the time of day. Uh Arrow I liked the first season <laughs> of, but then it it turned into like this weird cheap Batman knockoff with yeah. with lost <laughs> paper of lost in it because they keep on going back to this island. But yeah. uh, so I like, I couldn't watch that. Flash was good for the first couple of seasons, but, you know, but like it got just too yeah, like too teenage drama e and too soap opera e for me. That's what I like Batwoman for is it didn't have like any of that. Uh, not yet. Um well, so, yeah, she's so, gone yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's like they they they're good for like one or two seasons and then. Yeah, they don't know what to do. And, and well, that I think that's also part of spreading the budget around because they're like, hey, we can spin off. Like Black Lightning is canceled, but they're making a spinoff show about one of his villains. So <laughs> of course, it's like makes they, perfect they keep, sense. And yeah, like Supergirl is done, but Superman and Lois is coming out. So it's just like they they're, they keep spinning off stuff that. I feel it really we, loosens the quality of the Yeah, it should all be on one show, right? Just make that Superman pause in the one show. Yeah. They're bringing back Lois and Clark? Yeah. I got a countdown on my phone. I can't <laughs> wait to watch it. I like the guy who plays Superman's interpretation in this. No. I love Dean Cain. You keep about yourself. <laughs> I mean, they're bringing Michael Keaton back. I want justice for Dean Cain. Like, Brandon, Brandon <laughs> Ralph got to come back. Justice for Dean Cain. Nah, fuck Dean Cain, dude. Fuck Dean Cain. Have you watched sci-fi movies for, for, for the last 10 years? I'm I mean, there's, there's, there's Dean Cain. Yeah, Dean Cain is all over those. Superman. <laughs> no, no, He'll... dude. He's, he's fine. Let him keep making his weird pet hedgehog movies one of, or whatever. One of the most moments in my life was before I started doing the cons with Max. I think the year before i went to a comic-con wizard world and they had dean kane was there they had a tattoo booth he's sitting down in the tattoo chair getting a superman tattoo because of course he is <laughs> <laughs> the last thing i saw dean kane in and I didn't, I didn't actually watch it but my mom was watching a hallmark yes movie. yes oh wow dean kane i was like is that fucking dean kane <laughs> 
Yes, he plays then, in a uh, he plays a broadcasting person who goes up against the female broadcaster, and they used to date, but they don't date anymore. And now they have to team up on a like super broadcast, right, so and then they they fall. I love that one. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, those movies are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, last thing I saw Dean Cain I. I I'll always have a special place in my heart, even though I know like Lois and Clark is actually like not very good. No. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I absolutely have a place in my heart for Lois and Clark. Yeah, that's a thing. But now I'm just like, I don't need to see more Dean Kane. I'm good. I, I like to see yeah. Dean Kane getting work. I don't necessarily like to watch his work. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I like to see Dean Kane and like you know stupid sci-fi movies like you know Mega Octopus. <laughs> Eats New York or something, you know. It's it's it's, it's fine. That's more that's more Dean Kane speed. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's either Dean Kane or like Casper Van Dien. It's it's one of them. I'll take Casper uh, Van Dien take, over. I would take Dean Kane over Casper Van Dien. I nah. I <laughs> I'd take Rick. I take Johnny Rico over. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I wish they would have like. I, I read the book. Years at least he, he's after. pretending. At least he's pretending to play a fascist. He's not an actual that, fascist. That's true. In Star Trek. <laughs> um, well, if you're really I, lucky, I, you, I, I want you, them to make Star Trek, Star Trek Troopers the book. Like that would be that'd be nice. Movie. Um, you know, like the movie's good for what you know, like for what it does for the propaganda yeah. and all that good stuff. And and do you want to know more? But uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> You know, By the I, time I, you get to the power armor in in the uh, sequels, it's I mean the 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 sequels all suck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't they have Jesus in there or something like that? Yes. Just, yeah. <laughs> there the part part three is like, you know. I, I guess the the ending gets stopped by the second coming or something. I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. But it's not, not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not a fan of that. I I would I just I, I think I think you know it's like Dune. If they if they make an actual Dune movie, <laughs> then it could be really sweet. But you know, like I feel like technology is to the point where we can do it. And we should. After doing a quick Google search on Dean Kane <laughs> to catch up <laughs> myself with where Mike's at, I uh, I also do not think Dean Kane needs any more work. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he crazy? I, I, I just know him from the Superman show. Yeah, dude. Uh, currently, Dean Kane isn't, isn't so good. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then fuck that guy. I don't know. Okay, yeah, okay. Reading Mike over there was something else that Mike wasn't telling us, so I, I googled it and did. I didn't want to get into. It. I was just gonna leave it at fuck Dean no, Kane. But... Yeah, that's fine. I, I did not yeah. know he's. T- I don't know he turned uh turn rogue. That's cool. Yeah, Fox However, News. now I'm gonna, say that. I, and then I, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pull back on my statements about Dean. <laughs> yeah, all I know from is Superman, so it's all good. We will, we will what be, this? we will be back right after these words. How young are you?
there's no sound. So I'll provide commentary over this, I guess. Oh, I got to fix the sound. Hold on. How's this thing like, <laughs> <"What's really> going <laughs> on? We just hear Jason and Mike talking. Uh, I mean, I can I can just do my dialogue yeah. over <laughs> over myself. It's okay. There was a little bit that did go on towards the episode that I was invested in, but again, it ties in wholly to the fact that I know the history of certain characters before the show. So, for again, anyone who's just coming into this miniseries fresh. I wouldn't get some emotional connections between characters as much as I picked up on. And I guess, can we talk about kind of the ending of it? A little? Go for it. Go for it. Where Molly Walker essentially shoots herself for the greater good. And Noah Bennett has a kind of mini breakdown. I actually did like that moment. And it made sense given the past history with the characters, you know, given that they have worked together before and that she was from the, or the character at least was from the original first season and so forth and they interacted then and throughout the series off and on so it would understandably be upsetting to see someone that you've had kind of that connection with for a long time kill themselves so i i dug that kind of tying into the history of the characters i dug the siler reference a little bit but it just opens up another question like where are the interesting characters on the show they used to be there um yeah, I, I'll agree with you. Some stuff got a little bit better, I guess. I'm more, I will say I am more interested in what Zachary Levi's character is going to do. And hopefully his wife stays gone for the rest of the miniseries because I hate that character. Like, <laughs> it's just too, I don't know. It, it, it It's not convincing enough that she's vengeful and in mourning. She just seems overly, overly hateful. So... <laughs> I hope she stays gone and I hope we can explore a little bit more of his dynamic with his abilities without that. And me, uh, were the, the Japanese people? Yeah, that's a thing that happened. Cosplay is happening because they got to reference current stuff like cosplay. Um, that lady apparently wants worldwide genocide. So, that seems like a very reasonable goal. And I love how her daughter instantly flip-flops. Uh, kind of figured her daughter would be a little bit more non-trusting of her mother if this is their very tense relationship to begin with. But fine, whatever. It's heroes. Oh, some that blonde Eskimo made a tree live. So that's cool. And she's got a invisible Pakistani Butterflies, Butterflies too, a whole cloud of them and she's apparently here's all the deal it was like now we got our save the cheerleader save the world thing it was like forget the past save the future or something and i will say at least it looks like there's some idea of what's gonna happen that there is this worldwide armageddon hello hello jason you're muted you're muted jason we can't hear you at all I said, we're back. Our guest Anthony has arrived, and listening to us talk positively about Heroes Reborn <laughs> is making me nauseous. How you guys oh, doing man. Today? Hello, Just, hello, welcome. Just, hello. What's up, Anthony? How you doing? Doing wonderful. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, man. Uh, tell us about the freaking awesome podcast. Yeah. Uh, so basically, we are uh, a comedy-based podcast. 
and we do uh, celebrity interviews. So we have a lot of people from pretty much all over the place, be it uh, the music industry or film industry, and uh, sometimes even uh, authors. And then we basically go through uh, a, some you know humorous articles from around the world, stuff that you just can't believe uh, actually is real. And um, we do a little fact checking, make sure this is real news or fake news, and then we kind of bring it up and we just sit down and rip uh, the the news apart and have a little bit of uh, opinion uh, opinions about it, and we get the celebrities kind of weigh in on it. And uh, I think that's one of the things that uh, our our listeners and, and viewers really enjoy is seeing that celebrities are just regular people too, right? And and they can sit back and laugh and and have a good time about things and. Uh, and not, uh, you know, stress too much about worry about, you know, being on, I guess, the regular camera in front of the regular scene because, you know, we're not doctoring anything or making them feel bad about what they say. So it's, it's just like a fun time. Uh, and then we um, kind of talk about the celebrity. We talk about what they do and, uh, you know, give them a chance to kind of pitch things. So it's just like a, a fun little comedy show. It's not about anything in particular. Uh, we don't really get all political, but yeah, I think over what's happened in the last little bit, uh, it happens from time to time. So. <laughs> it's really hard not to because a yeah. lot of the like geek news connects with everything. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, I got Anthony. I just have to tell you right now. Um, your hair is mesmerizing me because like it's <laughs> waving in the green screen, and I, I, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't know what's happening to anyone else, but I'm I'm tantalized by it. <laughs> you know, I think it makes me feel like it's all growing back at some point. So <laughs> it's my mutant power just to grow pair, grow hair. <laughs> I I'm friends with you on Facebook, and I don't know if you want to talk about it or can't talk about it, but you recently talked to somebody who's pretty big in the film industry. Yes, uh, we, we we did make I did make mention that uh, I did speak with someone. Uh, they have a new movie coming out. I, I don't uh, I, I'm not really kind of formal uh, formally announcing it for the show yet because we okay. still have some hoops to jump through. I did get put through to their their manager, so I'm just kind of waiting. And uh, you know, I don't want to promise anything to people yet, uh, but this is a uh you know what it, it would actually would have been a great thing to ask me a little bit later because i actually have a really funny story about this person that we've actually met before um and uh and i can't really go into it too much of course because i don't really announce one announce who it is yet so, <laughs> um but it is a really really funny story so uh you know sometimes you meet celebrities in, in the weirdest places let's just put it that way <laughs> understand yeah, yeah. Sure. um i was curious uh have there been celebrities that you have been like, oh, we got to have you back for this because they were just that entertaining or you were just able to converse so easily for them? Like, are there MVP celebrities that you've had? Always. You know? Yes, always. Uh, we're actually really surprised the amount of celebrities that just contact us and want to come back, uh, which is always, you know, I guess it's a beautiful thing. It means you've done the show right. And uh, but I mean, we've we've got a few uh, Biff Naked, uh, who was a. Uh, uh, is a very famous, uh, you know, Juno Award-winning singer. It was absolutely wonderful human being. Uh, her energy was just fantastic. Could not say a mean thing about anybody. So, so always having that kind of positivity in the studio and with our, our guests was always wonderful. Uh, we do actually have a, a reoccurring stuntman from the film industry, Jeff Scavell, uh, who of course uh, does work on uh, the Titans and the Boys, and uh, he is just an absolutely hilarious person. Uh, so we love having him on the show. Uh, I would love to have uh, Robert Franzisi back on the show, who, of course, plays the real-life Peter Griffin. Uh, I don't know if you've caught his his YouTube channel, but that man is 
he, he's actually a really hilarious comedian. And a lot of the people don't realize because he's always in character for, uh, for much of his uh, screen time. But uh, as a comedian, he is just so funny off the cuff. Like he could see something in the background of your film and just be able to start making a joke about it. And then it's just, he's just wonderful human being. Yeah, he's one of, he's one of the ones I want to book for next year. I have him on a list because oh, yeah. he was on the canned air podcast too. Yeah, yeah. He's super funny, super funny yeah. guy. He, he's a wonderful person. Just, you know, and, and even just his content, even if you just watch him playing uh, video games, cause he's got a Twitch channel. Uh, it's just super fun. It's super fun watching him. Um, other than that, you know, we, we've had so many celebrities. Uh, some of them are absolutely hilarious. Some of them not as funny, but had some amazing information to, to pass along. So, uh, you know, we had a, an amazing conversation with, um, well, uh, I mean, uh, Leland Sklar, who of course is the bass player for, uh, you know, Phil Collins. Um, I think actually you guys may have had him on at some point or, uh, or if you haven't, you should, uh, <laughs> he is, uh, he's got so many amazing stories about working with, uh, famous bands from all over the world. And, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of like, a, I look at bass players a lot of the time as being like the stunt man of the music industry, right? Because you can't hold a good beat without the bass player. Uh, and at the same time, um, you don't ever see them really that much when they're on, you know, when there's always the lead singer, you'll sell, you'll, you know, you've got a, a pan past the bass player. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're kind of like the hidden people. So he, he's a, a really fantastic person. And, and something I've learned over the years is, even if you may not have heard of somebody's movies, if you get them on your podcast, you could find out so many fascinating things. Um, yeah. For instance, I, we had Deborah Lamb on. I hadn't seen very oh. many of her movies. Yeah. And yep. she had one of the best John Candy stories from when she met him filming yes. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. And she even went to the other room to get a calendar that him and Steve Martin signed for her to show Justin and I. And <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, Jason, Jason was so impressed by this calendar. Like he's he's told everybody <laughs> that she has this calendar. He's like it was signed by Steve Martin. I, mean, I can't believe it. I agree. Like, cool I haven't actually seen it in real life. <laughs> well, the context, the context is, I am a huge um, John Candy fan. So her being able to talk to us, and Justin and I, we talked to her for about an hour, not just about that, just about her her life and film, and it, it's absolutely fascinating. And anybody out there that is listening or watching that just looks for specific names when they, you know, download a podcast for an interview, I would I would listen to the people you haven't heard of because they tend to have some of the most fascinating stories. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's wonderful. Uh, I mean, we've had Deborah, Deborah Lamb on the show as well. Love her to death. She's such a wonderful person, and you're yeah. right, with a lot of hilarious things to say. Uh, I can't wait to have her back again on the show as well. And it's true. Uh, you see a lot of actors and actresses in films that are, are maybe less have heard of, and especially when you're looking at the horror genre, like Deborah is very uh, popular in. And um, there are so many horror movies out there that range from cult classics to, you know, that slasher flick that they've kind of made it very grotesque nowadays. And um, you don't realize that a lot of the cult classics, a lot of the older ones that may not have been like people would have called it like a B-rated film are actually essentially better than than the, those triple A films because it's got a lot of humor and it's got a lot of, um, you know, buried uh, interesting facts that they, they kind of throw these little Easter eggs out that you don't find as so much on, on the big name movies nowadays. So, you know, they really tip their hand to the fans uh, where a lot of the big names don't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, um, again, to go back to Deborah, because she's got the best um, examples, but I've talked to actors who have 
like the biggest roles in films are like the the stars. Yep. And then you talk to somebody like Deborah who had just a small part in RoboCop. Yep. And she's got just long, fascinating stories about working on RoboCop. Yeah. So, like I said, you you never know where the fascinating conversation is going to come from. But since we hooked up with Steve, I've met so many people that are just so much fun to talk to. Oh, it's true. Just just amazing stories out there. And, and you're right. Uh, people who are maybe even just, uh, you know, background scenery or their small parts in films have some of the best stories, right? Because they're they're kind of behind the sets. They're watching the crazy things happen. Uh, a lot of the times, especially when they hit major films, they're like, wow, I'm going to be in this major film. And uh, and they're they're just taking it all in, and uh, it's great because sometimes they'll find they'll see things that are absolutely hilarious that nobody else saw because of the fact that they're taking it all in, right? Or uh, you'll find something that you want to see. Like I found, we, when Deborah and I were talking, she was in a short film called Mother, which is about uh, Norman Bates and his mother, yep. and it came out just a few years ago. And I can't wait to check out that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna look really cool. Actually, I, I was we were talking about that at one point too, and it was looks really fun. Uh, just to speak of uh, Robocop and a little six degrees of separation, I guess the uh, uh, my cousin actually was is well, he was a stunt man. He's had kids now, so I think he's kind of retired from the stunt business. But um, he was uh, the stunt double for uh, for the main character, Alex Murphy, and as in the new Robocop. So oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. So. It was really uh, fun. He had the opposite effects. So if I had kids, I would jump more into stunt work. Yeah, especially with uh, with COVID going on, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, luckily, schools are still open here now. Uh, but I tell you, if, if it, it goes back to homeschooling, I might I might want to join the stunt industry. So, <laughs> I, I I'm, back working, I'm back to working 12 hours a day and I'm going to be a part time teacher on Monday. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been through there. It's not it's not easy to run your do your own thing and work a full time job and be a teacher. And let me tell you, you're not getting paid that teacher salary. So <laughs> oh, it's yeah. even fun when you have to answer a call for work and you've got the teachers in the background like teaching the kids. Yeah, you're yeah. like, uh, don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you need to learn some math and maybe pay did more you, attention. Did you turn it off and turn it back on again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Do you, uh, have you become friends with any of the people you've interviewed? Oh yeah, I mean, you. you one thing about doing the show, uh, especially for us, because we're we're very relaxed. You know, uh, much like you guys, it's kind of like a sitting around in conversation with friends, as as opposed to the usual interview. And um, I think a lot of the times they they just end up feeling so relaxed. It's quite easy just to be able to drop them that message. You know, we always want them to be uh, to stay in touch, and you know, we try to follow them on on Facebook, and they follow us. So uh, it's wonderful uh, because you know we we post things and, and announce things, and they're instantly right in there and and telling us uh, how awesome it is or how proud they are, and and you know, vice versa. So it's it's a really nice thing. Um, you know, actually, even even Deborah just kind of called me up randomly the other day, which was really nice uh, just to be able to sit back and have a chat with her. And uh, and unfortunately, you know, we had another show going on with it was in about 15 minutes of her call. So it always feels weird when you get a moment to to talk with a celebrity off screen and off camera and and um, and then you have to let them go. Right. <laughs> You're just like, ah, you know, this was it was really super comfortable and relaxed. So it's it's hard. Yeah. yeah the other day um, I'm, I've become friends with Larry Hankin. We talk and text back and forth but uh we were talking on the phone 
and I'm like, oh, Larry, I got to go. I got to go record another interview with somebody else. Yeah. And yeah, you do. You feel weird about disconnecting the call. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's because you know, I think you're still building kind of a relationship with them as opposed to your regular friends who just know like you got to go on a dime, right? And uh, and they know they're in the industry and they realize that you know sometimes you got to cut things short. But it's it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that you feel how you feel, right? Yeah, it's funny because Anthony messaged me and says, "Do we have a topic for Sunday?" I'm like, "Yeah, we don't really work that way." <laughs> Good. No. Make sure. Wherever the wind takes us. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we we all when we do our podcast, we like to have the conversation as natural as possible, so we keep the topics from each other as much as possible. Because when we drop the topic into our group chat. We have that whole conversation in the chat. So then yeah. when Sunday rolls around, we don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's done now. <laughs> As I was saying before, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So the best gonna... thing we do is I'll say, hey, guys, watch Animaniacs on before Sunday. <laughs> or yeah. watch the Star Wars holiday special before Sunday. <laughs> now, are, are, have you guys, uh, you guys obviously have heard that Animaniacs has been rebooted. We yeah. watched oh, the yeah. we watched the first one. Have you it, seen okay. it? How was it? I love the originals. I haven't had a chance to see the oh, new dude. I think you'll like it. You should definitely check it out. The opening yeah. sequence. I said this in the first hour, but the opening sequence is one of the best opening sequences of the whole year. Oh, that's excellent. That's it's good. great. Good. Yeah. I mean, so, not this year has been yeah. so great. Yeah, not that <laughs> not that this year has been amazing. But. You know, it's really funny. I always try to bring my kids uh, back into the cartoons and stuff that I grew up on. Right. I feel like. Uh, you know, the world is is changed, uh, especially not to, to make myself sound really old, but, you know, I've kind of lived through that whole technological change, you know, like I, my, my first computer was, uh, was a Commodore 64 and, you know, people that still, their mouth drop when you said, oh yeah, data used to be run off an audio cassette, <laughs> you know, and that drew, blew people's mind. And, um, you know, I, I, I grew up on such amazing cartoons and I try to get my kids into it, but it's funny because I sit back and watch some of the old ones and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I kind of see why they, they don't do that nowadays. <laughs> they be a little, uh, you know, over the top or like there's so much violence or killing. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I watched this when I was like six. I wouldn't want my kids watching this now. Yeah, uh, Rambo had a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, it, it's it's hard. It, it's hard to balance. I, I watch a lot of the cartoons nowadays with my kids because I'm trying to be an actively involved parent and make sure they're watching something appropriate. And I feel like, my brain is getting smaller sometimes when I watch these CG things that I'm just like, you know what, just give me a good old fashioned hand drawn <laughs> cell shaded uh, films of layers. And, and, you know, I don't care if you update it, but make it look like a cartoon. Have there, have there been outliers that like you're watching something with your kids and you're like, okay, I, I can get into this a little bit. <laughs> oh, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this one, uh, but there's for a completely legitimate reason um but my both my my girls grew up uh watching my little pony and you know like i remember seeing like the 80s version that was nothing but like cotton candy and fluff and just complete mindless uh what i would have called just girl stuff back then um but the 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 new versions uh have great lessons for kids to learn um they I, I love the fact that each one of the main characters is kind of like a different personality from from like a child and their friends or their 
together they actually make what a perfect child should be you know like adventurous and caring and uh partying and uh, helpful and all these just different things that uh, i think is a, a great lesson for children but without going to the fact that like you should be you know in the kitchen making pies kind of thing like they're they're really they're really getting young women to to uh, embrace their confidence and stuff and i love that i really as a father i love that so uh but don't call me a brony <laughs> you're not rocking twilight sparkle at the convention <laughs> no no <laughs> dude i remember we um i used to work at a video game i used to own a video game store with uh, my ex and uh max still works there and we had a huge run on my little pony stuff and my business partner at the time was like we sold out of all of my little pony stuff i wonder what's going on i'm like the the brony convention is literally around the corner right now. <laughs> yeah yeah we don't uh i don't think we have a brony convention up here in the great white north so it's uh at least not yet hey, maybe, they are. maybe i'm just not an open sure. market for you to slip right in right <laughs> yeah no it, it it would be really tough uh my youngest of course would still be in there so i, I i'd only have a couple of years to to make myself uh, a, a solid uh player in that type of uh world without actually being actively involved in it you know <laughs> and then even then my kids are going to grow up and look back at me like what the hell are you doing so <laughs> right. can you yeah. believe dad yeah, yeah. that whole convention and i didn't even like my little pony <laughs> yeah, yeah you know it's actually really funny with kids uh they have have a tendency to really get the parents in on things that you would have never imagined like I, i'm one of those people that uh you know a pc gamer uh ps4 uh, sure i like i like gaming from time to time uh, my kids got me into playing games on my phone and uh there's a there's a dragons game that i they play i uh, can't even really remember what it's called because i just fire it up and check it every day but <laughs> i'm like hooked into this game and my kids don't even play it anymore <laughs> and I'm pissed because I'm stuck with this game that I can't seem to let go. And at the same time, my kids are just like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're done with that now. <laughs> yeah. They can't even they can't even play KG and be like, look, daddy's having some trouble. I need to I need to troubleshoot this yeah. part. Can you help me out? <laughs> well, and that's really funny because my eldest knows like all the combinations that are more powerful than the other. And I'm just mm -hmm. kind of want them to be like, well, can you play the game? And every once in a while, actually, she takes my phone and will organize things for me so that they're more effective. And then that completely throws me because I'm just like, why? Why is this person next to this? person she's like oh that's so you know that this person can battle this person and that one would win and i'm like well well how the hell would i know that there's nothing that's like, like, like a big circle yeah. around saying this is your winning team you know <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it's really interesting like just how cyclical the fads are especially when it comes to say something online or digital like games and stuff because for a long time it was world of warcraft and then we go a couple of years and it's like Pokemon Go was the hot thing for a couple of years back. Max yeah, I'm still playing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're still now, wandering traffic for that. <laughs> yeah, I wander into traffic for I, that one. Find yeah, a body. I, I, I Pokemon Go responsibly. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and now I think it's the, uh, what is it, Among Us is like the newest. Yes, like, yes, yes. That's yeah. the one. I've got it on my phone. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but everybody, yeah. even even like other adults and and uh, parents that I know are into it, playing with their kids. So I probably should get on. Among that. Us is the most frustrating game because <laughs> you know, you're either a crew person or the imposter. You yeah. never get to be the imposter, and yeah. then when you finally get to be the imposter, they 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 call you out in like the first three seconds. You're like, <laughs> how am I so obviously the imposter? Like, right? it's just... <laughs> so what am I doing wrong here? Yeah, like it's. 
but then you don't get any practice because you never get to be. I hate yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so among us, aka the friendship ruiner. Yes. Yeah. The, the family ruiner in, in some cases, I think. <laughs> you tired of fighting over politics? Get among us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I, I feel like if I got into that and I kept getting ousted, eventually I would just jettison one of my children from the house. <laughs> you know, be like, you know what it's like in real life. <laughs> Yeah, just 300 them out the door. <laughs> yep, no, it's, it's, that game is so frustrating. It yeah. is. I don't know how people do it. I couldn't. I couldn't play with my family. Like, there's no way. There's no way I could play with my family and still like have Thanksgiving dinner with them. Right. <laughs> I can see your mom getting really into it. Yeah, I mean, she would like. She would, my mom is murderous. Like, that, is, that is true. She would love to be the imposter. Luckily, it only let her be the imposter like one time out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember back in the day when they had uh, like different games where you kind of raided each other, and that was a family killer, right? Like I don't know if it was like mm -hmm. Coin Master or something like that, where you, you know, eventually when they were off doing something and you knew they were out, I was like, this is a perfect time to attack them, and uh, yeah. and then they come running into the house and be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> or even like just gang up stuff, like even like something as basic as apples to oranges, where it's like, hey, guess what? This beats that. Every yeah. time I side with this person or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get a little uh, impartial, especially when it comes to board games. Uh, I've actually created a board game myself, and uh, it kind of went around the world. And uh, it was really funny because uh, a lot of the times uh, I used to have open betas and, and have tons of people. I had like uh, almost a year of beta testing this game. And uh, people would come up to me afterwards and be like, well, what about this? Or what about this? And they're like, oh, God, they want you to take sides on this decision, you know? <laughs> and and, and you're just like, oh, you got to give me the whole play. Like, how did this happen? Uh, or they, I'd be like, no, that card's totally left to interpretation. You, you just do what you want and, and see how it plays out. So, um, yeah, it was really, it was always, always weird. But I, I'm a big board game fan. So I, I, I know what the, the rules, uh, I have a, a, a very, uh, I got a new version of a very old game called Dungeons. Uh, and it was the first Dungeons and Dragons board game ever created. Uh, it's a very, very old style, but someone said, hey, this is really cool. We're going to bring it back. And I remember being a kid and really loving this game. And uh, I was just like, I got to find it. I, I got to find a version of it. And uh, I did. And as I'm reading through the rules, there, there's a, a really large plot hole that um, if it doesn't state that if you lost all your money and something kills you, what happens? Because you used to always like, oh, you just give them back one of your weapons or your money and and you just go back to the beginning. But the the game was one of those things that I was playing with one of my kids and they didn't have anything and they died. And I'm like, well, where do you go? You know, <laughs> so I actually called up the manufacturer because I'm that guy. Right. I'm just like, I need to know. I need to have a definitive answer on this. And the 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 manufacturer pushed me over to their FAQ which doesn't answer the thing, <laughs> you know? And I got so frustrated eventually in this secular thing that I just like, I got to pen out and click, click, this is going to be the new rule, <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> yep. oh, the old house rules. That's, that's yeah, right. when you're in my house. Yeah, yeah. That's where I feel like Steve Jackson was super smart with his munching games because in the end he states, I think it's like one of the last rules that when in doubt, uh, the, the owner of the game or the, the house owner makes the call. So it's great because yep, if you're playing, you run up and be like, yo, dad, which one is this? <laughs> you know, like, that's oh, this call. Now get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what are the like movies and TV shows you geek out about? Oh, man. Um, it's really weird. I, I used to be, 
I used to watch so many movies and so many shows. And obviously as life gets a little bit busier and between my podcast and, and uh, kids and stuff, I don't get to do as much, but uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, preacher. Uh, I, uh, I read uh, the original graphic novels when they, uh, they came out. So I was, I love the fact that Seth Rogen picked that show up and started making it. I think they've done a great job. It's, it's different from the graphic novels, but it's, it's good. Uh, I used to watch Walking Dead uh, and, <laughs> you know, I had a problem in second season. I stuck around for a little bit. Uh, I, I eventually, I, I think I've gotten out uh, when, when I read the graphic novels and, and they, um, uh, oh, geez, uh, they, they kill off. Uh, well, where I guess it's where Negan makes his first kill uh i don't know who they do it in the show because i refuse to watch it but when i got there and i didn't want to want to spoil it but you know who i'm talking about um i i was i closed the book up and i was like now nah, i'm out <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, I like this character you can't kill everybody off but apparently in this series you can so uh, we, we were we were just talking about the walking dead in the first hour and <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty much where i stopped reading the walking dead uh, comic book also yeah and i was like all the all the bad guys are just like a different uh, a worse version of the same guy yes and and like yeah and then like yeah the, the negan does his thing and i was like okay you know what i, I don't even care yep. i'm done, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. the walking dead lost me the show about a few years prior to negan's arrival but i still watched it because people in the house watched it yeah. and then when negan got there i really liked the guy who plays negan yes yes and so i stuck around a little bit longer but it started to wear its welcome. But I've heard since Rick left that the show has gotten astronomically better again, which mm -hmm. kind of makes me want to go back. But I don't want to watch the seasons that were crappy leading into <laughs> where it's yeah. supposed to be good. Because I want to watch the guy who played Negan in something good. And I've heard like the last few seasons have been good. But I, I feel it because like I did the same thing with Heroes, which when Heroes Were Born came back, I was like, I'm one of the few guys that thought the season four of Heroes was all right. I'm ready yeah. to do this. And yeah. we were watching our interview during the break and our review. And I, yep. we were so positive and young. And then, like, the episode after that happens. And that, that, the positive one was the last one we did because I was so furious <laughs> with how they did that show and never went back. Because that is the epitome of taking characters that you like and just completely crapping all over them. Because yes. it was the hero characters of heroes that I was able to get through the crap of two and the crap of three is because I like the characters that much that I could sit through the crappy plots. And yeah. then four came around, they copied the Magneto Genosha Island thing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, they're back to copying the X Men. This is where they <laughs> shine. <laughs> back in, and then. Ugh. Yeah, that was so bad. That's why I'm I'm skeptical to go back and watch the last few seasons of Hero or of Walking Dead, even though I think I should because it'd be good background while I'm working. It'd be nice to kind of finish it off. I'd love to know where where they've gone with it. Um, yeah. I know what you mean about Heroes. Uh, I know I watched the originals. I never watched the Reborn ones because I just felt like, first of all, uh, the way they ended it, I was pissed, um, and uh, and I was just like, okay. Uh, but that's fine because you know what? The whole season, all, like all the seasons were absolutely fantastic. I super enjoyed it. I just didn't like the final punch in the mouth at the end, you know. Uh, but uh, I'm the same guy who also watched Lost after it had finished. So I, I but I didn't watch a single thing. All I knew was that people were pissed at how it ended. And I binge watched all seven seasons back to back over the course of a month. And um, 
And then when it happened and I got to the ending, I raged out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew people were pissed and I was just like, oh, I can't be all that bad. But then when they but didn't no. explain anything, I was so pissed. <laughs> well, I I I I'm uh I lost is my favorite show. I love that show. Oh, yeah. uh, and the finale for me was um I got satisfaction out of the finale because the writers had said from like season three, like you said, you didn't hear any of the talk about it, but the yeah. show was always about the characters. Yeah. Everything else was, they weren't planning on wrapping up the, the Island storyline because mysteries in life remain mysteries is what yep. they're. So the fact that I knew it was about the characters and the characters were my favorite part of that show. I yeah. liked the way they wrapped up the characters at the end. I've just got a fundamental problem with loss where they leave the Island they come back to the island. They leave the island again. They come back. They're not lost. You're going on vacation. That's that's something else entirely. You that's can't right. go lost. They're lost in a different manner. Yeah. But, well, they're lost in the mind, I think, at that point. But uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this, because a lot of people I talk to about the finale, they um, they think they were dead the whole time. That is not your view, right? It's not my view. Okay. Um, but I do want to hear your take on it because I'm curious. Cross over the plane in the water with all the skeletons picked clean kind of means they really did. They all went down on the plane and this was just their existentialism. Uh, you know, this trip that they had to go through to find themselves before they could pass on is I think in the end where they were going with it. And that's why the end was so religious based, right? Um, because their souls had to move on. And 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 so I can see why everybody thought that. I just felt personally, as I was watching it, it probably wasn't until maybe the third season that everybody ended up dying. Like, I, I feel, feel like when, um, what was it like that? Because there was a big nuclear bomb or something that was going to go off, right? I was um, in five, yeah. Was it five? Okay. I said Into like, five. Into five. Yeah. I was like, maybe it just went off and that's when everybody really died. You know, uh, so I don't know. I, I was very torn on that show. Um, my my biggest beef out of all of it, though, was the fact that they didn't, even though they explained the black smoke, they didn't explain why it made that tinkety tinkety sound like it was some type of island <laughs> trap. And, and, you know, like because I was thinking, ah, oh, they're going to reveal that it was some weird mechanical device or something. Nope, <laughs> nothing. I, so. I always like to hear takes because, like I said, I. I really liked the show. I thought Lost, whether you like the plot, has some of the best acting on television, hands down, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. Michael Emerson is one of the best actors to ever grace our television screens. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a really well done show. Like I felt like the yeah. special effects were fantastic. You're right. The acting was great. I don't think anybody was just didn't look like they belonged in those scenes. Um, I, I just... I was just very, it's just unfortunate how they did it, you know? Like, I mean, I understand really the end of it completely held on the fact of writer strikes, right? Like, that's what pooched it. And I I'm think that's where we differ because I think that's when the show got better. <laughs> seasons, seasons two and three, season three was a, it was definitely a show that had been stretched because they, they said they had planned for four seasons, but then seasons two and three, they wanted them to make it prolong it make it last longer which is why there's a lot of filler episodes we get to find out the mystery of why jack got tattoos which is one of the worst episodes in television history of anything 
Yeah. But um, I thought when they had the direct ending, I thought that's when the show started to pick up when they lowered the episodes and so forth. But um, no, my dad had a vacation from work and he was so excited. He was going to get all of this housework done. And I had stopped by. I was hanging out there for whatever reason. I don't remember. But I was watching Lost. My dad comes in and goes, how much longer until the stupid show is over? It was the first episode. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, about 15 minutes. And then the episode ends. And he goes, let's watch another one. Uh, <laughs> the episode ends and he's like he's like where are you going i'm like, going home he's like are you gonna leave those discs here <laughs> I'm like yeah the end of the week zero housework got done my dad finished lost my mom was pissed <laughs> he's just like the episodes don't end because it was his first experience with serialized television yeah he's like they don't end you got to keep going if you want to find out what happens next <laughs> yeah. he's like it doesn't end and then when they got to the time travel he's like Ugh, God, this time is, travel sucks. He's like, this yeah. is stupid. I'm out. So yeah. I left. I took my discs. I left season five because I knew better. <laughs> and uh, I called my mom later. I'm like, so dad's done with Lost? She's like, are you kidding me? He's about to start season six. <laughs> I'm like, I thought he was done. Yeah. I, uh, I was watching Game of Thrones. I, I, I just restarted Game of Thrones. And and uh, I was staying over at my parents' house. Um, and they, they came home. And I was like, oh, let me turn this off, you know, because I don't think you'll like it. Uh, you know, they're, they're very, you know, religious and, and they don't like a lot of, you know, like sexy things and, and yeah. cursing and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is not for you. But then my mom's like, oh, no, 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 leave it on. And she sits down. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, like, four seasons later, she's like, you got the next season? Or, or like, you have some problems. <laughs> Nothing worse than sitting down and watching television that has sex scenes in front of your parents. Yeah. Like, like it's, this is the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> I, I just like to myself with something else. I'm like, that'll be the, the snack time, you know, go get the chips or because I've already seen it. So, you know, like I can miss it. It's fine. <laughs> right. I, I have learned uh, with binging that people tend to like shows better. Like um, a lot of the people that I've met that watch lost on Netflix, mm -hmm. they like the series a lot better than the ones who watched it week to week. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. Uh, the Walking Dead is a show that I liked as I was binging it. And then once I got to caught up and got to the episode to episode, I'm like, ugh, yes. there's an hour of walking. Now I got to wait another week to find out where they get to so we can move on yeah. with our lives. Walking and talking in the forest. And I, feel, uh, I feel that's part of it, too, is because now we're in this culture where it's like we can binge, you know, full seasons of TV shows all in one sitting. And we get that instant gratification of getting a full story arc. Whereas yeah. yeah, where you plot it out week by week, part of it is, I feel that like, Oh, the payoff of waiting a week wasn't worth it. And yeah. then part of it is like, it is just another walking and talking episode. Think, it's like, yeah, I agree because uh, you get past the slow episodes faster and you get to move on quicker than you would having to wait a week. And, you know, in that week, you could walk away from the show. That's what happened with me with the CW shows. You hit a slow one and you're out for yeah. however long yeah. you're out. Yeah. Yeah. I, reasons why I, I know Max, Max is walking that experience is similar to mine because he stopped binging after like three or four. And that's when he just lost interest in the show. No, and not I, that no, he wasn't already waning bad. interest, but the show got bad and I stopped watching. <laughs> 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 just oh. objectively. <laughs> and with Game of Thrones, I but, found myself enjoying it more when I was binging it than when I was watching it week to week. Um, now, I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. I'm not a huge fan of the series, but I found myself enjoying it more when I was able just to watch it in a bulk. Mm -hmm. But like with like, since I, I come from the, like comic books, 
where they have the trade paper. You know, you can you can go yeah. get your monthlies, but you can wait and get the trade paperback and read everything all at once. And right. I've always been more of a fan of that. So I mean, like yeah. it, it's it you know like that that the the culture to me is is you know just more of the same. Like hey, okay, well. Why would I watch this one at a time and wait so long? You know, because like then you like you have writer strikes and you have you know like, like if you're if you're reading the Game of Thrones books, which are still unfinished, you, you have to wait so long. So like, yeah, no, I'm definitely a fan of just you know, like give me the whole thing when it's done. It, like whatever you want to show me, show me all of it right now, and then let's move on from there. Because like I don't mind things ending either. Like I, I'm I'm, a, I'm mm-hmm. not a, like don't just because your story is popular. Doesn't mean you should make more of it. Like, like that. I, I don't understand when, like, you're like, oh, well, people love it. Like, like let's, let's carry on some more. Like, no, you didn't have a story for that. You don't have a good well, plan. Yeah, because it's a brand. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, but this goes to speak to us as as a society, right? Like, we we can't wait anymore. Thanks to technology, nope. it's a blessing and a curse. But you know, we we now have zero patience to wait. And, and I'm guilty of it as well, that I, it's true. Uh, it's just like uh, The Mandalorian. I haven't even watched the second season yet because I'm waiting for it to be all there so I can binge watch it. Just oh, like man, it's so that, that's fair. It's so good. <laughs> See, I, just, I just finished The Queen's Gambit, which is an easy four out of three if I could give it that. I love the show. But as I, I'm done watching it because I'm getting ready to record a review with Max on it, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if this wasn't a binge-worthy show, would I feel the same way about it? Because I don't know that I would. It would have kept me coming back week to week. Yeah. But since I was able to watch it as one cohesive story, I think that added to my enjoyment level of it. Because it's not the kind of show that I would have gone back to and watched. Yeah, and, and you know what? You can expect when you hit that low. You know, uh, if if it's a bad show and you hit it, it goes off on a low point. Mm-hmm. You want to walk away. But at least if you have the next episode, you can be like. Uh, let's give it like five minutes into the next show and see it. And then it just hooks you right back in again. Right. So they're kind of smart about it by like, especially with Netflix and stuff, releasing things as full seasons versus as, as, as putting one up a week. Um, so I, I, I kind of tip my hat to the the producers that do that uh, yeah. versus the ones that just release it every week, because trust me, your storylines are good, but they're not that good that I'm going to keep coming back. If the next episode isn't right there. So I feel yeah, I, I feel that it depends on the type of show too, because, you know, I'm, I'm very much a completionist when it comes to long form storytelling and genre series, especially like mm-hmm. I'm about to do a retrospective on Smallville for whatever reason, but oh, great show. <laughs> I know, I, I know the show's not the best. Mm-hmm. I, it's got glimmers of potential. It's got a lot of slow parts in it, but it's yeah. 10 seasons, but I'm like, I'm starting this journey and I know I have to kind of just follow it through regardless because I'm a completionist like that narratively but also you have shows like say Twin Peaks the re the re uh the return yeah. where narratively I don't think it really matters what's going on but experience wise it's like you have all these episodes directed by David Lynch which are just visually and thematically like mind blowing and you're kind of like okay I'm in it for this as opposed to I just need to know how it all turns out because ultimately it doesn't matter how it turns out. Like, do you find yourself um, what what you feel is more appealing to you, a narrative narratively complete type of arc in long form storytelling or the overall experience? Ooh, that is a really 
that's a, that is like a double edged knife for me. Um, because you know, I feel like no matter what you're watching, if you don't have a good story behind it, um, it, it then it's uh, then the, the characters become dispensable, right? Like then you don't really associate with the the hero, the anti hero, whoever you want to associate with. If the storyline sucks, it could be played by anybody. And you could just erase them at any point, in which case it's very hard to continue following with that story. However, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Smallville because I loved Smallville from the fact that not that every episode was great, but I loved seeing who they'd bring in next from yeah. the DC universe, right? So to me, I, I just loved, um, I mean, even that little scene where they bring in... Um, uh, the Flash, and, and at the end, you've got Superman and the Flash running, and you're like, who would really win this? And the then Flash. and then the Flash just kind of gives them like a tip of the hat and just boosts away and like <laughs> dust. And I love that. Like that to me was like, not only does it prove my point, but that was just yeah. a great way of doing it to be like, oh, you're matched with me. And then he just like, then he really runs. <laughs> that, might be part of, that might be part of my issues with uh, the CW shows, because a lot of the stuff we see in those shows, we already saw in Smallville. And I agree. I'm also a fan of Smallville. Um, I admit that seasons six through nine were especially Smallville awful. Smallville, Kansas is not the center of the fucking universe. I just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the origin story, right? Everyone shows up in Smallville, Kansas. What the f I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We touched a button there for Max. <laughs> there are several buttons. This being one of them. Yeah. But Anthony, Anthony, where does Michael Rosenbaum land on your list of Lex Luthers? <laughs> I like to ask this question because he's top of mind. I think he's. Uh... I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I mean, let's compare him to the other ones that are out there. The Kevin Spaceys. The the. Like, oh my God! Uh, what is it? Uh, Michael Cera, who played the the ones from Justice League? Oh, uh, um, or no, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Now, I like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor, but not as Lex Luthor. Like, Lex yeah. Luthor is cold calculating. He's not like a goofball that, right. that you know, I, I just like, this does not work. I'm now, if you put Michael Rosenbaum in as Lex Luthor for the, the Justice League, I would have been all over that in a heartbeat. Because he's menacing. Yes. I, I always, one of the strong points of Smallville was always him, and it was always the scenes between him and Tom Welling. Yes. Those were always like the top notch of the series. And then when Michael Rosenbaum got smart and left the show due to declining quality, <laughs> yep. um, his contract was up. Yeah. yeah. And I thought he's just, I, I've started well, watching his podcast recently. I think, I didn't know the guy was a comedian first. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's so yeah. menacing in the show. And I, yeah. I think that there's a lot of shows out there where the talent definitely comes is above the quality of the show and michael oh, rosenbaum is definitely an example of such high quality performances on I, a show that doesn't deserve him i guess is the right I'm phrase not, i'm not i'm also like i didn't really dig jesse eisenberg in the in, but there's a lot i didn't dig about the, the justice league movie but, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, they, they like he was doing a thing you know like like they they're like don't do the normal lex Luthor thing everyone's seen that we need a different lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. He was playing so, Max Landis. Yeah, yeah. So go go <laughs> do this thing. And and like it sucks because it did not work at all. But like, you know, I I, I don't really I'm like, okay, well, you know, he was he was doing this thing and the thing sucked. Like, like that's not well, but he, he, he went for it. But if that's the case, make a different villain. Don't make it Lex Luthor because yeah, yeah, I don't, I agree. was incorporated white America. Like that's he was the cold 
calculating, um, almost, I know he's a villain. He's a villain in certain universes, I guess, if you really want to get into the whole different universes of DC, but, um, he played an amazing job as a villain because he was just a man with a fantastic intellect. And trying to do what he thought was best, yeah. which is always the scariest villains. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that the the ones who believe they're doing best for, for their city or for America or whatever you want, uh, wherever Lex is now considering his place. But um, yeah, that those are the most dangerous ones are the ones they feel like they're doing it for the right reason. Right. Uh, I mean, look at Thanos. Look at like everybody has. So so my wife and I went to to watch Endgame and when it ended. I was so almost outraged internally when he makes the snap and people disappear. And I was like, Oh my God. And, and you know what, uh, this is probably the first movie that my wife and I ever sat down afterwards and had a two hour conversation about a movie that was probably just as long as the movie, but she, she really brought some light to it that even though everybody looks at him as being the big villain and through the comics, he is a villain in the movie he wasn't he was the man who had to make a hard decision he saw that the galaxy was overrun with famine uh strife uh, war all these things that people are going because the resources are running out and he decided that if nobody's going to do it i have to make this hard decision so the rest of people can live and i was like well shit i can't argue with that <laughs> right i mean someone's got to do it um could have quadrupled the resources <laughs> <laughs> but then there's no movie so that's, that's the other thing it's just like well why kill everybody and why not uh why not just make the resources make it larger make yeah. the, then you have no movie galaxy bigger like i don't know because then you're not really not really teaching the lesson i guess yeah you're not exploring right? something you're not exploring yeah. like that character if you're yeah. if you allow it to be that simple but yeah. yeah, that I feel that's like the nitpick that comes up. It's like, why didn't he just quadruple resources? I'm like, otherwise, then you don't have a billion dollar franchise because right? that's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think like his, you know, like his the argument to why not just make more resources because like once there's more resources, then people are gonna be like, oh, there's more. We can make more people, and then oh, you know, like, oh, yeah. take more, right? And and that's yeah. how it works. But I mean, okay, let's say you want to make more resources. Well, the the Earth is already so heavily populated you're going to make resources and what store them where you don't have the land to do it that's the whole problem right mm -hmm. so it's that logic that people start to apply to the fantasy that's like yes. no this is this is straightforward enough that's right but yeah, yeah he's a bad guy and that's the way he's going to be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things to piggyback that is um with thanos i'm i'm not pro his decision but i understand what he was trying to do i'm pro his decision uh, he wasn't. He wasn't being. Um, he wasn't judging anybody. It was yeah. all random. Like he wasn't saying get rid of all the poor people That's why. and That's just right. let yes. the, the rich continue to thrive. Yeah. No, just random people happen. Like it would have been cool though. I, I think it would have been an interesting plot point though. Like if like he does the snap and he disappears and like you know with the gauntlet. Like that would have been interesting. Ultimate like, plot twist. <laughs> yeah. And, Honestly. That would have that would have probably added a lot more stakes because that would have made more of the thing of like now we've got to go back and get everything and it may it would have made more sense to bring the past Thanos in and be like hey here's what happened you snapped yourself out of existence you dummy yeah, <laughs> and, like, and, and erase the only way for us to fix the problem too like that I think would have been a better storyline but like yeah, yeah I I, I uh, you know 
I, I'm not saying I would do the Thanos thing, but I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp. I'm sorry. I'm in that camp. <laughs> At that point, Thanos probably would have been like, well, that's the way it had to play out then. Right. right? Oh, I mean, he was. Resolved that, like, this is what has to be done. So he saw he saw himself get decapitated. And he's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Three Geeks podcast. Max zapped himself out of uh, existence, <laughs> but the rest of us are here. I like, you know, like in, the, in Spider-Man 3, when everyone comes back and like, you know, like half the, the, the marching band is on the, on the field, like when they're, they're playing. Just yeah. all of a sudden, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, you don't get to pick who go, who goes. So, like I thought that was, you know, it, it was. That's that's my favorite part of Far From Home is where everybody blips back in right. the video. Yeah, yeah, and what what everybody was doing at the time, or how people yeah. moved on. You were like, well, this is awkward. Right? Yeah. Like, like, oh no, we don't have a house now because somebody's been living in my house for five years. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, and by the way, his plan his plan would have worked for a couple of years, but then it's like you know people get together and copulate and make more babies, so it's like. Yeah. It well, was going to happen. He just hung the armor up. He didn't get rid of it because he's like, oh, I have to come back another like 4,000 years and do this again. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ant Man, Ant Man had me. Scarecrow. <laughs> and Endgame, Ant Man had me a blubbering mess when he goes and finds his daughter five years older. Mm, like, yeah. I can't imagine missing five years of my kid's life. Right. Yeah. Because you're stuck in a weird van. He owes everything to that rat. Yes. Like, I love I love that that whole epic finale hinges on the fact that a rat pressed a button at random. You know, like, yeah, it's like it's like in Star Wars. You know, like if those if those guys would have just obliterated the the escape pod that the droids were on, it's like oh no, shoot it down. Like we're not messing around with this. That's right. The whole entirety of Star Wars is done. That was in right. Empire. That was in the Family Guy Blue Harvest. Like, are we saving bullets? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! god. Like, movie over. Roll credits. <laughs> We're yeah. But yeah. To, to bring it full circle, Max was talking about um, earlier about you know shows having ends, like being able to do their show and then walk away. And one of the things, as a fan of Lost, as obviously since Lost, Damon Lindelof has made The Leftovers, which has been absolutely critically praised, and then he made Watchmen, which has absolutely been critically appraised. I'm just a part of me wants to see the loss that Damon Lindelof would have made had he not had studio interference. Yeah. Because he's done such a good job with all of his TV that he's done since then that he's had full control over. I haven't seen Watchmen. I haven't seen The Leftovers yet, but they're oh, on my Watchmen. list. Yeah. And I've heard they're both fantastic. I heard Leftovers season one's not, not super great, but it's hard to get into. I heard it makes up for it in the latter seasons but um i've heard nothing but good things about those two shows i i love watchman and 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 watchman, he walked away from that he's not doing another season yeah, no, if they do. i'm the same way alan moore you know he wrote the watchman and that, that was it like I, I the story was told i'm not adding or taking away anything from it. like like that i made what i made and like he like alan moore won't adapt his stuff to tv because like the, i made it for the medium that i made it to tell the story that i wanted to tell yeah. And, and I 100% like love and appreciate that because it's okay to have a story and just have it be that. And, yeah. and, and, and so many people, you know, like, oh, well, what happens? You know, you can talk about it. You can make up story. Like, that's what we geek out about. Like, what do you think happened afterwards? Like, like let people do that on their own time. But, like, you don't have to. Like, once you write it down and it becomes canon, that's it, you know, and and it's limiting in that in that way. I like I like well, Lindelof talks about. It. He says, you know, I took 
Alan Moore's baton. I did my thing in this universe. I'm dropping the baton. Somebody else can pick it up and continue yeah. down the road. Oh, yeah. But um, one of the things, I, I'm a big fan of The Outsider on HBO, and I know there's other mm -hmm. books in the franchise, but I'm glad that season one is all we're getting because I think that show did a good job from beginning to end, and I think it should be self-contained. Well, yeah. that, that brings up the whole death of the author question again, which is like, you know, Watchmen – for all intents and purposes, is up for grabs. Like Lindelof said, like he said, someone could take it and run with it. Someone could tell another story in that universe. Does it hold any less legitimacy because it's not connected to either Lindelof or more directly? Or can it can it thrive on as its own thing? The Outsider, I agree with you. It's like I think we should just keep it at what it is. But like you said, there's more in that series. And if someone wants to take it upon themselves to adapt it, you know, will it? hold as much legitimacy as that first series did even though you know it's maybe not as connected to it well a lot of people don't know that the outsider is actually a fourth book in a series mm -hmm. and that there's a whole lot of back history that they didn't bring into the show and as a fan because mr mercedes is the series that the outsider is a part of and as a fan of the show mr mercedes i i'm curious if they're ever going to adapt that under that show but i'm glad that they left those characters out and did the outsider because Mr. Mercedes is a really good show as well, especially that first season. It's yeah. best king. And then, um, yeah, The Outsider, which is perfect. Even though at first I went into it, I'm like, they're not adapting the book because there's a lot of characters appear in the Mr. Mercedes series that they left out of the miniseries. I'm like, well, they're not adapting the book. That means these storylines can't happen. And we're meeting this character as a brand new character instead of having followed her over three. But I still thought it was really good. And I'm not usually one of those guys that's, Make up the fourth one and just leave it at that. And I thought they did a good job, and I hope that they do leave it at that. I just want a good story. Like, like whatever it is you plan on doing, I want you to just do it, but then do that. Like, if you if you if you plan on five seasons and you've got your story for five seasons, then make five seasons and then stop. If you if you like with the Flash, like they never thought they were getting to season two, so they did everything they could in season one, and they're like, hey, guess what? You get a season two. They're like, well. Uh, <laughs> okay, and, and yeah. they they do it again, and and it's just like no, you know, like it's not as good because you you guys shot your whole load on this one season, and then, now we can't be like you, you got nothing left. So I I just want like whatever it is you want to do, like make a plan and do that, and then when it's done, just put it down. Like it's 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 okay. It's okay. Yeah, Justin, now, your thoughts. Sorry, no, I'm just, just quiet. listening to Max. No, I'm just listening to Max go off. I just enjoyed that a lot. Um, no, I just it's it's so interesting to see all those different aspects and the, your opinions on them. So it's all good. No, just quiet. I guess just the question I have for all yeah, of you is if you could bring back one series, which one would each of you choose? Batman mm. animated series. Which one? Sorry. Batman the animated series. Ooh, that was good. Yeah. Mine would be lost, but completely controlled by the two guys and not the studio. All right. Yeah. Justin, go ahead. Uh well, I, I want to kind of pivot your question because I know it's in the making, but not yet. But I want a really good Lord of the Rings animated or not. I know there was an animated series a while, but I would love a good story in a Lord of the Rings universe. All right. That has nothing to do with the ring, just yeah. like something. side side. Yeah. Did you play um did you play uh Shadow of Mortar? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That was really good. I I, I like that a lot. That was yeah. Mike, what would you choose? Um, 
I, I, I just want more Twin Peaks. Honestly. Like <laughs> narratively, it can be, it it's can be, one. it can be narratively, it could be tapioca. I don't care because it'll be beautifully shot tapioca. So that's the I thing. Gotta, it's, I, I got to piggyback off of Mike's comment about Twin Peaks. Yeah. And that, um, the original Twin Peaks series made everybody think they were David Lynch fans until the new Twin Peaks series came out and uh, David Lynch didn't have to follow television standards and could literally make what he wanted. And he, <laughs> he literally made an 18 hour movie where the first six hours is the first act. So nothing makes sense yet because you haven't gotten to the, <laughs> the, the second act of the story. Yeah. And two, I, uh, I, two episodes are just, are just, Kyle McLaughlin in front of a slot machine going, <laughs> hello. And I, I changed my answer to Twin Peaks as well because I, while I like the way they left the return of Twin Peaks, kind of ambiguity where they could continue it, I also like the idea that it, it doesn't need to continue. But I'm with Mike. I think Twin Peaks would be great. I think we should get more of that, that 18-hour art fest that we got. Did you watch uh, Twin Peaks, Anthony, the new one? I No, I haven't seen the new one. I did watch the original. There is one episode in that series, Mike and I reviewed it on his channel, where it's just, it's like watching art for 45 minutes. It is just, it is black and white, and it's absolutely glorious. The first 10 minutes of the episode, you get like a, a solo. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Most people say watching art is like watching paint dry. But oh, uh, <laughs> that's the way Lynch does it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a Lynch fan. I know it's that very it, interesting paint, Jason said. But what was fascinating <laughs> about uh the return is leading up to the return. I had all these people talking about how big a David Lynch fans they were. So mm -hmm. I lent them my copy of um you know whatever movie of his you did not know what you were asking for. <laughs> they they watched it and they're like, Who did this? I'm like David Lynch, that guy that you love so much. <laughs> yeah, no, we love him with the handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to tell you guys, I am a little disappointed in all of you. Okay. Not one of you said to bring back Firefly. Oh, oh well, I mean, we're, all, we're all like that, uh, that abused uh, sibling or uh, spouse that uh, keeps telling they're going to change and they never change. That's how we feel about twin uh, Firefly. Like we keep being told that it can come back and it never does come back. Well, I mean, John I said it couldn't because of what they did to Wash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. This the story's kind of done. I felt. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, they could do a prequel. How did they all meet? How did they all kind of? I mean, they kind of uh, go a little they bit. Do that, yeah. They do that. Yeah. They. Yeah. They kind I of. I can't get. I can't get into prequels because I know what happens. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no stakes. Yeah. I gotta say though, if they wet hot American summered it, where they all came back and played younger versions of themselves without actually aging them down, I'd be down. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not, I'm not against the idea of more Firefly, but like, like with, when they got to make the movie, they got to tell another story that, that put a cap on a lot of things. And people talk about Wash, but what about Shepard Book? Like, yeah, yeah. what a crappy way it, for him to go out. Right, and, and I mean, like, I, 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 I'm not mad at it. You know, yeah. like they told a story and they, they got to tell it. And so I, I feel yeah. like Firefly, well, wow, we didn't get the the volume of Firefly that we would yeah. like. We the did quality. get the, the end of the story. I think well, that uh, with Disney now owning Firefly, I don't think yeah. we've seen the last of the the franchise, the okay. name oh, Firefly. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to mean the original. I'd be down for an animated series. I'm not a huge yeah. animated fan. Yeah. But if you can get those guys to come back and provide voices... Give us a Firefly really, cartoon. But if they did make yeah. more Firefly, I, I wouldn't want them to, to like, I mean, I, I love Wash. I love Shepard Book. But I would like to hear, you know, what happens after, like, they're gone. Like, they, they told the story mm -hmm. where they're dead. You know, like, stick to it. I know <laughs> that Whedon, 
Whedon recently did comic books that kind of continues the yeah. story. Yeah. 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 Well, you well, remember, oh, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. One thing I just wanted to say about Shepard Book is, is uh, they didn't explain him really at all. They alluded right. to the fact that maybe he was Alliance, but they didn't actually say he was. I mean, he probably was some type of high-ranking general, you know, and, and that was the story I wanted them to go off. They went he's... back to everybody's history, really, but yeah. his. He's yeah. definitely the he's definitely the character that I feel would have the spin-off potential for like a prequel series or something yeah. like like where you could dig into a little bit more of that character's history because it was so vague and because he purposefully dodged it all the time. Like yeah. everyone kept asking him, like, what's your story? And he just like doesn't matter. And yeah. it was like Joss Whedon's like, guess what? I'm writing through this character. He's saying yeah. what I'm thinking. It doesn't matter. Right <laughs> I, I really hate to say this, but we got to wrap up because I have a heart out at two because I have something <laughs> to do at 2.30. And Bummer. Anthony, I think we could talk to you for hours, so I'm definitely going to message you about getting you back on. Yeah, Maybe yeah. beginning yeah. next year. We'd love to have you back on. Sounds great, guys. Tell everybody where they can find the freaking awesome podcast. Uh, I think the easiest thing, like we're on pretty much every social media and definitely every uh, streaming service out there for, for podcasts. Uh, but uh, the easiest way to follow us is just go to our website, www.thefap.ca. Uh, awesome. And uh, speaking uh, of David Lynch. The fap. Oh, God, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> just, all <laughs> puns intended. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I'm going to mention well played, the emoji sir. again. Well Speaking of David Lynch, if you want to see something Lynchian in every greatness of the word, go to youtube.com forward slash Mike McGee TV. Search for the review of the emoji movie as directed by David Lynch. <laughs> it is the funniest five minutes of YouTube. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I'll have to check that out. It is so good. I'll send you the link, but um, <laughs> put the link in the description. Three Geeks Podcast. Go to threegeeks.ninja. The website is redesigned. Uh, fun stuff coming down the road. Max and I have a review of Lock and Key, Jay and Bob, and um, Queen's Gambit coming out this week at some point. And from all of us, the Three Geeks Podcast, guys, have a great day. Recycle your droids. See you. Take care, guys.